Lewis Phillip, Ladusar, the snapper. Chris Jones is the holder. Greg Zerline from 46 to win it for Dallas. Hold is down, kick is up, and it is Somehow, some way, the Cowboys have won it. Oh, my goodness. It, it is still, it absolutely still gives me goosebumps to watch that play. Not only watch the play, watch the onside kick. Cowboys get it. Get the field goal. Get the win. Can't believe it. And heck, why not? Let's listen to Brad Sham, the play-by-play -play for the Dallas Cowboys. Let's listen to his call. And Greg Zerline, who's going to be our guest tomorrow on the Cowboys Hour on the Dallas Cowboys Radio Network, is going to get a chance to kick a field goal and win this pig of a game. No timeouts. Good snap. Good hold. 46 yards. Yes, sir. Kiss that pig. The final score, Dallas 40, Atlanta 39. Welcome to another episode of Circle the Wagons, the completely unofficial fan podcast of the Dallas Cowboys. I am Jared Finley. Thank you for joining me on the Saturday podcast. A little bit late uh, for the upcoming game coming up on Sunday as the Cowboys taking on the Seattle Seahawks. We will dive fully into that quickly. Let's kind of recover and let's talk about last, last week's game against the Atlanta Falcons and how we got to this point, kind of like what happened in that game where the Cowboys were making mistakes that I had never seen before. Uh, it, it was mistakes that I had never seen a Cowboy team make with the constant fumbles. They couldn't hold on to the football. They, they absolutely could not hold on to the football and it was absolutely, like, I, I just kind of had to look around. Of course, I was sitting by myself. I was just like, what's going on? <laughs> what is absolutely going on here? I, I've never seen Zeke fumble that many times. And I thought Atlanta was going to run away, run away with it. I absolutely thought that. I absolutely thought that this game was over. Um, but I stayed and watched the whole game. Stay and watch. I'm like, hey, you know, like a score here and a touchdown. It's 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 a two score game or, or a touchdown here and and it just and there were so many decisions that happened in that game that I just uh, it made me just continue to scratch my head. I'm like, why? What are we doing? Why are we trying to run a fake punt on a fourth and five, and then we try to fake another fake punt? With the punter, he just weak-armed it because his arm is just a – basically, it's just, it's just kind of a wet noodle, and he short-arms it until they don't get it again. Atlanta gets it within scoring position once again, and there's just so many decisions that just like, what is going on here? Like, why would you run this play in this situation? But And and then when the Cowboys uh, we were down, I believe it was an eight or nine – they scored the touchdown, and then they went for two. 
And I want to dive more into that situation and more into that line of thinking. Now, there was a lot of experts and a lot of people who were saying, it's like, hey, well, if you go for two, then you know exactly what you need to get. And they also kind of determine it in basketball. It's like, hey, if you're down six, you know, if you're down five or six, a couple three-pointers, you're back into it. Well, you can't compare three-pointers to then touchdowns and then two-pointers. You can't throw those in together. You cannot lob those kind of comparisons in together when it comes to the NFL and the analytics and the numbers and everything else. The numbers showed that if you get the touchdown, you get the field goal, you know exactly what you need to do. You know exactly what you need to do. You need to then, you need that two-point conversion to then tie the game. And then maybe you have a chance for a field goal, whatever, to win it. But to go then for two and not get it, you are still down two scores. When if you just get the touchdown and then kick the field goal, you're down one. You're down one score. You you obviously you do need to then convert and get the two point conversion, but it, it, what's it, just the mind and the and the decisions that went into the game and how the coaches decided what to do and how to do it and like they went through the scenarios and they said everything that they did made sense. And I don't, I still don't get it. I will never understand it. But a win is a win is a win. Got the onside kick. And that was something that, and it, those kind of situations boils down to coaching. And I feel like Dan Quinn might be on his last leg in Atlanta. I honestly, honestly feel that. Because that comes down to coaching. In special teams, the ball needs to go 10 yards before the kicking team can recover it. Now, in Atlanta situation, they can go pick that ball up right after it's kicked. Like, they could actually rush and get the football before it gets 10 yards, pretty much preventing Dallas, because Dallas could not touch the football after 10 yards. That boils down to coaching. That boils down to Atlanta's coaches not telling their guys, like, hey, they're going to try for the onside kick. We can get this ball before it gets 10 yards. Okay? And that's situations that coaches need to let players know that, hey, we can do this. Let's do that. Or explain the rule. I mean, sometimes it helps to explain the rules to the team before you go back out there. It's like, hey, once again, we can get the ball before it goes 10 yards. Don't let this ball go 10 yards. Don't let it go 10 yards. Someone go up and get it. Okay? Now, the risk is, obviously, if you go up and you touch it, then it's a free play, then everyone can go for it. But when it started rolling, <laughs> and it started just to slowly creep past the 10 yards, Atlanta could just fall on it, just fall on the football. But it, it just, it's one of those situations to where I have seen the Cowboys get the, the, just the football gods swing the other way. And I have seen it so many times against the Cowboys that, that it just seems to happen. But in this situation, everything went 
towards the Cowboys near the end of the game. And it was one of the craziest games I had ever seen. The only other game that I can remember that I remember watching and experiencing was the Tony Romo um, Dallas Cowboy Monday Night Football game against the Buffalo Bills. I think it's 2007, 2008. And Romo threw for five interceptions. He threw five interceptions. And I remember revisiting that game. It was the highlights on YouTube. And, and I was like, how did Dallas win this? I mean, Buffalo had all the momentum. There wasn't a single point in that football game that Dallas had any momentum. They would have a little bit, and then Romo would throw an interception. They'd have a little bit more, you get an interception. Just Buffalo could not convert. Buffalo could not convert and get points and take advantage of the turnovers. And then the drop, and then going back to the Atlanta game and the drop by Julio Jones. How does that happen? I mean, you're talking about one of the top receivers in the NFL today, and not just today, in the last 10 years. I forgot, I could forget how long he's been in the NFL, but he has been the most consistent guy for the Atlanta Falcons. He's the go to, and he dropped a give me. He dropped a gimme, and it, it it blew my mind. I'm like, is this really happening? He actually dropped the football, and then Amari Cooper with that 56-yard bomb that they thought Dak overthrew, and then he was able to get it. I couldn't, I couldn't believe it. I could not believe what I was watching with the Cowboys, how they fought back, and still won the game. And that that game goes back to that Tony Robo game I was just talking about, kind of jumping around everywhere right now, that Romo still led the Cowboys down the field, got them, you know, scored a couple touchdowns in the final quarter, I believe it was, and then Nick Folk hits two field goals because Buffalo calls a timeout, makes the first one, they're out of timeouts, he nails the second one. Could not believe that uh, that's the only game that I could kind of think that it would compare to that one is uh, Cowboys winning that one 40-39. They are 1-0 when it comes to the Bird Gauntlet. And that is the Cowboys taking on the Falcons, the Seahawks, the Cardinals, and finally the Baltimore Ravens. Apparently, as far as I know, that no team has ever gone 4-0 when they have to go through the quote-unquote bird gauntlet. Cowboys start off 1-0, taking down the Falcons. Now we focus our attention on the Seattle Seahawks, a team that is coming off a big win in New England. No, it was in, uh, it was in Seattle. It was in Seattle, beating the New England Patriots, stopping them, stopping them on a fourth and one on a Cam Newton quarterback run. And... Now everyone is like now Seattle is now two and zero, and Russell Wilson is is absolutely putting up MVP numbers. And I to this day believe that Russell Wilson continues to be the most disrespected quarterback in the NFL. And I don't know why. I think a lot of people overlook how important Russell Wilson is to the Seattle Seahawks and their success on the field. Look, the Seattle defense, the Legion of Boom, it's not there anymore. 
Look, Cam Chancellor is still there. Now they have, and now they got uh, uh, Jamal Adams from the Jets, and you know I think he he's geared up and he wants to play against the Cowboys because I I think there were feelings that Jamal Adams wanted to go to Dallas. And I think there were a couple of interviews and there were some like like TMZ videos of of Adams expressing his uh, his interest of playing for the Cowboys. That did not happen. And now he's with uh, he's with the Seattle Seahawks and now he's pumped and he's ready to play the Dallas Cowboys. Cowboys one and one, the Seahawks uh, two and oh, and this game is, is the uh, it's the main attraction. Okay, I would say this game might get more people. It got, it's going to get more viewers than the Monday Night Football game against the Chiefs and the Ravens, a game I'm looking forward to. And I cannot wait to for Baltimore to show the NFL that Kansas City is definitely not as good as what they used to because they uh, the Chargers almost beat them with a rookie quarterback, mind you. Okay, they almost beat them with a rookie quarterback. If Tyrod Taylor had... His didn't get his lung punctured by the team doctors. I think the L.A. Rams would have won that football game. I absolutely believe that. But neither here nor neither uh, here nor there. We are focusing on the Cowboys and the Seahawks. Um, I one thing I do want to hit on before we talk about that. Uh, we had our keys of the game. We had our keys of the game. What it's going to take for Dallas to win the game against the Atlanta Falcons. Let's quickly kind of revisit our keys to the game. Um, that is giving t- Dak time to throw. They needed to get pressure on Matt Ryan and uh, uh, Zeke Elliott and Tony Pollard. I think they needed to have also some decent big games as well for them to have success. Cowboys completed one of, one of the three. <laughs> I think uh, Zeke had a great game. Had over 100 scrimmage yards, uh, 100 yards from scrimmage couple of big rushing touchdowns as well and, and and Zeke really played extremely well he looks like he's on a different level Zeke has played some really tough football and he is I believe third or fourth in the National Football League in rushing yards right now and it is it is so good to see Zeke back in his old form I think he looks better than ever and I he is he has prepared himself to play this season. And it was really good to see that. Um, now we talk about the protection from Dak Prescott. Brand new <laughs> tackles in the game. Both combined were making their third start. Third start. Three total starts ever by these tackles. And Dak was under duress the whole game. As the game progressed, as the game progressed, the blocking and the protection actually look better. I think I thought the run blocking looked great. I thought the run blocking for the Cowboys looked really really good against Atlanta. And we're going to we're going to get some stats and we'll get to some numbers why I'm 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 pretty excited of to see how this Cowboys offense does against Seattle's defense and we'll talk more about the Cowboys defense as some more injuries kind of come into play. Um, but we'll discuss those here in a little bit as well. But the three, back to the three Ks of the game, um, the protection kind of really wore down for Dak. Um, it did get better, but it, it wasn't really what it needed to be. 
He did throw for 400 yards, by the way. He did throw for 400 yards, only had, I think it was one touchdown and three rushing touchdowns. He was named the NFC Player of the Week. Absolutely well-deserved. Dak Prescott, the first player, the first player ever in NFL history to throw for 400 yards and rush for three touchdowns. It's pretty good. And once again, this guy's playing on a franchise tag. <laughs> this guy, the Cowboys just refuse to give this guy a contract. Can't do it midseason, uh, as far as I know. I think, I, I, I think, yeah, yeah, because that that uh, the contract, I think it needed to be done mid July. It did not get done, and so he is now playing on a franchise tag. It's going to be a very interesting year. See what the Cowboys do with Dak Prescott. If he can, I tell you what, if he beats Russell Wilson again, especially if they win in Seattle, you might, you seriously have to look at the Dallas Cowboys as an absolute legitimate chance and a great chance to go deep in the playoffs. You have to. I mean, the 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 weapons that they have, and if they win in Seattle against a, a Seahawks team, which looked really good against New England, you have to put them in that discussion. You easily have to put them as one of the top 10 teams in the NFL if they are able to get that victory against Seattle. Hey, let's take a look at some numbers here. Um, and this is this is kind of gearing more into giving Dak Prescott chances to show what he can do. Because I, I still feel like, and we've discussed this before, uh, there still seems to be a lot of question marks when it comes to Dak Prescott. First first stat, uh, Cowboys have a 74% success rate on first down passing. 74% success rate on first down passing. Dak hasn't thrown an interception in six straight games going back to last season. That's the longest in his career. He's tied the longest in his career. If he doesn't throw an interception against Seattle, that will be a new career long for Dak Prescott not to throw an interception. Um, it's and Dak has the most pass attempts also without an interception, which leads the NFL. Um, so obviously we all did talk about Dak uh, throwing for 400 yards um, last week against the Atlanta Falcons. The Cowboys, when Dak throws for 400 yards, are 4-1. and one. The Cowboys are 4-1 and one when he's thrown for 400 yards. By the way, Dak has only played 66 games. Uh, when Romo threw for 400 yards, um, and Rome, uh, the Cowboys were 0-5. That's a little bit different. I can go into great detail why that happened. Romo played 156 games, and the, and the Cowboys were 0-5 when that happened. Now, one thing that I wanted to talk about as well, as I think is going to be the backbone of this team, I, I'm not, I don't feel positive. I don't feel strong for the defense. I don't. When Leighton Vandrish went down, and now there's reports that uh, Awuzier, he is not playing. Uh, the Cowboys um, have elevated a couple more players um, to their roster. Uh, they're going to be making their first starts secondary. Does is is a little banged up. 
there's no doubts in my mind that this this is a um, this is going to be a very tough game for the Cowboys when it comes to the secondary. Um, Travion Diggs, he is playing. He is healthy. He is going to play on Sunday. So that is a plus. He is obviously uh, he's our best. He's our best guy at cornerback. And what is going to win this game for the Cowboys? It's got to be that pass rush. The pass rush for the Cowboys is absolutely going to be the reason for the Cowboys to come out of Seattle with a W and really show the NFL what this team can accomplish. I think Tyron Smith, I think he has been cleared. He's healthy, so he's going to be back on the offensive line as well. They're going to need him. They're, they are absolutely going to need him. And just another fun fact, why I say the pass rush is going to be needed for the Cowboys. No NFC quarterback, not not the Seattle's division, like the whole NFC. The whole NFC, no NFC quarterback, has been hit more through two weeks than Russell Wilson. That is telling you right there that Seattle does not have a good offensive line. That is troubling. That is absolutely troubling to hear that your star quarterback cannot stand in the pocket for very long or else he's going to get hit. Now, he is a ten- he is uh, has a, have a tendency to scramble a little bit. He does like to run, so it's not all on the offensive line because he is an athletic quarterback and he does like to get out of the pocket every now and then, and he can make plays in the open field. But if you have a pass rush like the Cowboys – They've put in a lot of money and a lot of time trying to get people um, in that defensive line, you know, and hopefully DeMarcus Lawrence is healthy. I, I I have not heard a single update on him. I haven't seen a tweet. I haven't seen nothing on DeMarcus Lawrence. I think he's battling a knee injury. Uh, but Emerson Griffin, uh, Demetrius Poe, these guys are going to have to really step up and provide a pass rush. And as well as with Hill, I am absolutely surprised how well Taysom Hill has played. He was a second-round pick out of UCF a year ago, and you barely heard his name. You barely heard his name. And watching more film on him, and he made some really big plays against Atlanta near the end of the football game, but he has turned out to be a very solid nose tackle for the Cowboys, and that's something that they desperately need because with the linebacking core that the Cowboys have that I'm still disappointed in Jalen Smith. Like, this guy has been in the league for so long, and he's just not hes not the quarterback that the Cowboys, I think, were expecting him to be, and that's a leader. You know, that's, that's, that's being able to come in and make plays and I just feel like Jalen Smith just seems to vanish. And he seems to be lost. And he's and he's making the wrong reads. And he's always out of place. And it's like, have you played here before? Like, what's going on? And I know him and Leighton Vanderish. I know they feed off each other. Okay? Those guys are always giving each other props on Instagram and everything. And you know, they know that they enjoy playing with each other. And I, I, oh my goodness, it's just the injuries of, and just 
me thinking about Leighton Vandrish just gets me so disappointed. It's like I was so excited for this defense. First game breaks his collarbone. It's just like, what are the chances? What are the absolute chances that this guy battles back from a neck injury? First game, boom, collarbone breaks. I just, I feel so bad. I feel so, I feel so terrible. I really like Leighton Vandrish, and I hope he returns um, very quickly. Continuing to look at Seattle a little bit, as I, well, I like to do. I like to jump all over the place as kind of where my mind goes. Um, I jump all over when I talk about the Cowboys. Uh, this is going to be a very interesting matchup because a lot of people are absolutely on the Seattle Seahawks bandwagon. And they want, and, and the, the term that I heard a thousand times was, let Russell cook. Oh, we got to let Russell Wilson cook. Let him cook. Oh, let let Russ cook. And let let him cook him up. And it was like, that's, I mean, obviously. Has this been been such a thing that that coaching staff doesn't know that their main weapon of choice is Russell Wilson? Ever since they, ever since Marshawn Lynch kind of moved on and they really couldn't rely on the running game anymore? Even though I, th- I think Kaysen is a pretty decent running back for Seattle, it's it, it 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 it's amazing once again just how disrespected Russell Wilson really is, not only in the NFL but in his own organization. And NFL players know how good he is because obviously they voted him as the number two best player in the league. They voted him above Patrick Mahomes, which I completely agree with. <laughs> but it's it, it it's amazing to see how good Seattle can be if they just like Russ go out there. Here are plays to put you in success. Here's here's some plays to put you in 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 the right area and make, go out and make some plays and 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 go do it. And he does it. It will be very interesting. It will be extremely interesting to see how the Cowboys handle Russell Wilson. And and how they respond from their crazy game. Both teams had crazy games. Uh, the Cowboys' crazy game against the Falcons. The Seattle game against the Patriots with that fourth and one stand. And it will be a great matchup. Cannot wait for the Cowboys and how they're going to respond and, and really put the NFL on notice so now let's get to it. Let's kind of wrap this up. Let's get to our keys of the game. What the Cowboys have to do to come away with a victory against Seattle, move to two and one, and put the NFL on notice. Keys to the game. Keys to the game. Keys to the game. Obviously, we 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 hit on it. First key of the football game: you got to get pressure on Russ. You have to get pressure on Russell Wilson. Let's not get too extravagant with our defenses because they still have some pretty good wide receivers. They still have some really, really good offensive weapons. So let's not try to do anything fancy. But I feel that if you put enough pressure on Russell Wilson, it will cause a lot of problems. But you also kind of go back that he is still an athletic quarterback. He can still make he can still make some plays on his feet if he has to. So a lot of the pressure now 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 we go to the second the second form of defense. 
for the Cowboys, and that's the linebackers. So now we're looking at Jalen Smith. We're looking at Brown. You know, uh, I, I, you know, looking for a big game from Alden Smith, even though he doesn't play linebacker. But it is going to be a big game for Jalen Smith, and I and I hope he is up to the task. You know, I, I'm changing that. I, I'm not going to say it's the pass rush because I think they will get enough pressure on Russell Wilson. It's obviously the numbers have shown that no quarterback has been hit more than Russell Wilson. I'm changing that key to the game. I'm not going to go on the defensive line. I'm going to put on Jalen Smith. Jalen Smith absolutely needs to step up in this football game. He has going. He's going to play. He's going to have to play a lot of coverage. He's going to have to come pretty much keep his eyes in the backfield, making sure that Wilson doesn't come out of the pocket and start rushing and and ru- and running and picking up five, six, seven yards when when the secondary is is all the way back. So that is going to be a lot of pressure put on Jalen Smith and he is absolute the Cowboys defense is going to lean on him to really kind of have to make some plays so that is our first key to the game it's going to be on Jalen Smith that he is going to have to step up against Seattle not only in coverage but keep an eye on Russell Wilson and preventing him from running out of the pocket second key to the game Cowboys got to let Dak Dak Okay, Cowboys have to let Dak Prescott do what he does best. As this offense has been given the green light from Mike McCarthy, who wants a fast tempo offense against Seattle. A lot of people think that you kind of have to keep that offense, um, keep them off the field, take eat, eat, eat up time, eat up the clock, prevent Russell Wilson, prevent the possessions that Russell Wilson gets. But after seeing what high tempo offense can do against Atlanta, you want to do it against Seattle. This Seattle defense is not as good as it was in the past. It's not. The Seahawks have allowed a league-high 47 plays of 10-plus yards. The Cowboys lead the NFL with 41 offensive plays of 10-plus or more yards. That is a combination of a lot of scoring for the Cowboys. The numbers are there that this Seattle defense is not as good. And so you're going to have to allow Dak Prescott to sit in that pocket and throw the football around. Those wide receivers made some big plays. Michael Gallup, probably the biggest player along that left sideline, making that grab, keeping the offensive alive. And C.D. Lamb, the first Cowboy rookie ever to go for 100 yards receiving. And Amari Cooper, that big play down the field where you thought he overthrew him, but one-handed catch. You have to let these guys do what they do. They are the best wide receiving core in the NFL. Dalton Schultz, who I dogged a lot on the last podcast, who I was not putting a lot of faith on, had 70 receiving yards and a touchdown. He played extremely well. So you have to give Dak time. You have to give this offensive time, this offense time to make plays and really open up the playbook. I think the Dallas offense can be very, very dangerous. And that's our and that's my next key to the game is you gotta let Dak Prescott you gotta let you gotta let him go. You have to just like, hey, we seen what this kid can do. Dak, 
we're going to throw the ball 40 times. We're going to throw the ball 50 times. Let's see what we can do. Hey, we got two great running backs, but we know what we have on our quarterback. So obviously last Sunday went over the Falcons. Uh, Prescott once again finished with a 109.4 passer rating for the 33rd time in his NFL career. A little fun fact about that, about Dak Prescott posting a quarterback rating of 100. The Cowboys are 31-2 and when he does that. The Cowboys are 31-2 and when Dak Prescott posts a 100 or better quarterback rating, which is good enough for the ninth best winning percentage in NFL history. Notable quarterbacks that trail him in that category, Tom Brady, Brett Favre, Roger Staubach, Peyton Manning, and Troy Aikman. Put your faith in Dak. Let Dak cook. My third and final key to the game is let's not be cute. Okay, let's not be cute against Seattle. Let's not try to go for Let's not have a, a fake punt or a, a fake reverse or something to try to go out on fourth and three and fourth and five unless you absolutely need it. It's too early in the game to be doing that. Okay, it's too early. Okay, let's not try to be fancy against Seattle. We want to limit the mistakes. Limit the mistakes. If the Cowboys do the same thing they did again against Atlanta, which is like fumble five times and lose four of them, they're going to lose the football game. Okay, Seattle is not going to make the same mistakes as Atlanta did. They're a little bit better coach. I do think Pete Carroll is a good coach. I, I Once again, I don't understand his uh, untrust with Russell Wilson. But they will not make a lot of mistakes. Seattle does not make a lot of mistakes. So the Cowboys, vice versa, cannot make a lot of mistakes. But that's And that means not going for it on fourth and five, fourth and six, fourth and three, and trying the punter, you know, making him throw. Let's let's just play smart. That should be a key to the game every week. Play smart. But I find it weird that I do have to mention it just because of what happened last week and what I saw from the coaching staff. Just be mindful of situations. Just be like, okay, this is a very simple call. It's third and three. Hey, Zeke, we're, we're going to you. It's third and three. Or let's... Uh, Tony Pollard, a, a play for him, come out of the backfield. He's a good wide, rec- he's a good receiving running back. Let's not get crazy, okay? That's probably what I may, mean to say. Let's not get crazy. Let's not go wild. And the Cowboys will be in a great position to win this football game. And it's not going to be easy. It is absolutely not going to be easy to win in Seattle, as Pete Carroll and Russell Wilson. Craziest fact, I think. Pete Carroll and Russell Wilson are 52-0 and zero when leading by four-plus points at halftime. 52-0 and zero when they only lead by four. That is crazy. So if the Cowboys find themselves down by more than four points at halftime... <laughs> I don't want to say that anything can happen, but it's not likely that Seattle will lose the football game. Um, that is nuts. That is absolutely the next closest 
is the New England Patriots since 2012. Same criteria. They're 72 and 6. Russell Wilson is undefeated when leading by four points at halftime at 52 and 0 since he has entered the league. Now let's get to my prediction and how I think this game will turn out. Now, I am split by this decision. <laughs> do I try to be right or do I try to just be a, a homer and, and just predict that the Cowboys will win or, like I said, maybe try to be right? What I, I am very torn on this, and I don't want to be a homer, okay? I want to be a realistic Cowboy fan looking at this from a perspective of me watching the Cowboys for so many for so many years, sitting through so many sitting through hours and hours of games, and just in front of my TV watching what I watch and and knowing what I know and the knowledge and just everything that I can think of. So I have to pick a winner, and I have to pick who I think is going to win on Sunday. Do I go with just trying to be right? Or trying to be a homer. Once again, I know the Cowboys aren't going to go 16-0. Obvious, they're 1-1. They're one one. Okay, so I know they're not going to win every single game here on out. There's going to be a few slip-ups. It's going to happen. Okay? It is going to happen. So, as... as <laughs> it, it, it pains me to say this. And it really does pain me to say this. But the direction that I'm going to go is the Dallas Cowboys will go to 2-0 when it comes to the Bird Gauntlet, defeating Russell Wilson and the Seattle Seahawks. The Cowboys officially put their notice on the NFL, winning this game 31-27. Final score, Cowboys move to 2-1 on the year and really show the NFL they are the team to beat. Who else do you think I was going to go with? I'm not going against the Cowboys. Not going to happen. Not today. Thank you for joining me here today on this episode of Circle the Wagons. Thank you very much for joining me. Have a great day. Let's go Sunday. Let's watch the game. Let's enjoy it. And, of course, we'll recap it all here and talk about next week's opponent right now, focusing on Seattle. Thank you for joining me. And always, how about them Cowboys?